What is going on, guys? It's DK back at you with another video here to break down the 12 game NBA slate on Friday. If this is your first time watching, welcome to my channel. Again, we'll be talking about the NBA DFS slate, also talk about NFL DFS and prize picks. Price Fix, they are the sponsor of this video. You can use the code DKDFS for a 100% match up to $100. Player Prop site, basically you're building out a lineup with player props, two, three, four, up to five, and you can win up to 10 extra money. So if you guys want to give it a try, again, use that code, get your free $100. Um, and if you're looking for more in-depth content, check out my Patreon link down below. All right, so let's quickly recap the slate uh, tonight. Two-game slate, it was ugly. I knew it was going to end in pain when we had the Thunder in a two-game slate, and it did. It did. Um, and I don't, don't even have my uh, lineup up right now. Um, hold on, let me bring it up. It ended in pain, though. It ended in pain. Um, all right, where is this? This one. So. Uh, Bull Goat, unfortunately, gets randomly benched, uh, played like 12 minutes less than he had the last couple games. So that was very unfortunate. Did hit on low owned Suggs. I was very high in the Magic, um, and he smashed a low ownership. I ate Clay Thompson uh, and Jamal Murray chalk. They both smashed. Bancaro was fine, started really, really slow. Jokic was fine. Um, I went to a low owned base just because I didn't want to eat chalk Pokashevsky. And then I rolled the dice on Mike Muscala, which was a massive risk. Because I was like, there's a chance he gets a DNP. He didn't play last game. And he did play 13 minutes. So he was in the rotation. And he actually was a decent part of the rotation. He just didn't do anything. So, um, yeah, I hate the Thunder coach. He's the worst. Um, but, yeah, that's that's kind of the recap. Um, I knew I knew most likely that the slate was going to end in pain. And, and it did. Um, but I do got to say... I can now retire, guys. I can now retire. I'm officially Twitter famous. Now retire. Don't have to do these DFS videos anymore. Right? Tegan Quarantano ends up finding the end zone. Wild, wild. But um, yeah, yeah. So that's the recap. Uh, and let's quickly let's go team by team here again. We got 12 games. We're not going to spend uh, a lot of time each of these teams. But uh, Brooklyn and Washington, so no Kyrie, no Ben Simmons. I mean, it's hard not to like Kevin Durant here at 10-3. Great matchup, and he's just going to have the whole entire offense to himself. So he looks great. Now, the question is, who starts at the point guard position? We don't know about the status of Seth Curry. Um, it could be Patty Mills, 3.4K. He hasn't been playing a lot, but if he gets inserted in the starting lineup, I definitely like some Patty Mills. Um, so again, we'll keep an eye on that. Other starters would most likely be again Claxton, Royce O'Neal, Joe Harris. I guess if Seth Curry does play, he could technically start at the point guard position. So we'll monitor that one. Um, Nick Claxton, I do like he's his minutes been ticking up 31, 35 minutes last couple games. Royce O'Neal, uh, don't expect what you got last game from him. Most of the time he's gonna give you a 20 to 25 fancy points. So a 5-4 doesn't really stand out. Joe Harris is 4-4. Again, he played 21 minutes. He's relatively score independent, playable. The rest, there's nothing else that really stands out here, like Watanabe or Sumner, David Duke, uh, Markeith Morris. Again, I want to see what they do with the starting lineup. Um, if Seth Curry plays, it could be him. If not, I think it'll be Patty Mills that starts. On the Washington side, so uh, we finally got in the big game for Porzingis back-to-back games uh, when it wasn't on the main slate, so uh, that's a little bit tilting. So I played Porzingis a lot early, hoping for that smash game, and we finally did get it. But the, the good thing to note here is the minutes have been ticking up. 35-34 minutes, so... Earlier in the season, he was kind of capped at like around 30 to 31 minutes. And that's a pretty big bump, right? Only 7.6K, great matchup. I do like Porzingis. Beal and Kuzma are fine. Nothing really standing out standing out there. Morris and Barton, both okay values. 
know, Monte Morris did only play 24 minutes last game, which was a little bit uh, concerning without DeLon Wright. You thought he would, he would have played more. And then uh, Will Barton, his minutes are all over the place. Rui and Denny, they're kind of splitting the four minutes. Uh, Rui played 33 minutes last game. You can use him, but there's, I don't have any confidence with this like rotation right now for Washington. So and then Gafford's playing the backup five. I mean, if you think Porzingis gets in foul trouble, you can take a shot on him. Moving on to Miami and the Indiana uh, Pacers. So no Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo also questionable. So this is huge. If Bam Adebayo misses too, then obviously Hero, Lowry, Strews, so those guys are going to look really, really good. And you most likely get uh, Dusty Dwayne Dedman in the starting lineup where even though he's dust, he's actually a good point-per-minute guy. So we'll like him quite a bit if he starts. Um, Vincent, probably like just everyone would see more minutes most likely. Martin, Vincent, Duncan Robinson. Um, I, th- I guess they could they could play Udonis Haslam as the backup five because um, Jovic is out. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do if Bam Adebayo is out. But, uh, you know, as far as the backup five goes, most likely Deadman would start there. And then, yeah, Hero, Lowry, again, Struce would all look really, really good. If Bam Adebayo plays, then, you know, it's probably the top three guys that I like the most in Bam, Hero, and Lowry. All three should play big mitts. <clears throat> the positive with Miami right now, they're just playing their main guys a ton. Like Kyle Lowry played 38 minutes last game. Uh, Tyler Hero played 38 minutes. Bam and Abayo dealt with a little bit of foul trouble, played 32 minutes. So they're giving their main guys a lot of run, and it's a really good matchup. On the Pacer side, uh, Hal Burton's a fine contrarian play. I mean, you know his coach. Like, you, you can't trust him at all, Rick Carlisle. But, yeah, Hal Burton does, definitely has a ceiling. And the, the minutes have been ticking up on Buddy Heald. 33, 38, 36 minutes. Now, there's no guarantee that continues to happen, but he's been very, very involved offensively. This is what I'm talking about. Like, Miles Turner's massive chalk last slate. He only played 20 minutes. Like, you just, you never know. But that his ownership should drop because of it. You want to go Jalen Smith, that's fine. Duarte went for like a 30 bomb, 30 real life points after just being awful to start the year. He's playable, but do not expect that type of performance again. I just have a really hard time feeling confident with like any of these guys outside of like the top two. Matherin, again, his minutes went down with Buddy Heald playing very well. Yeah, outside of Halliburton and Heald, it's it's tough to feel good about anyone. Cleveland and Detroit. So Cleveland right now, we have Mitchell and Garland, both questionable. If they're both out, then unfortunately, we've got to look to Karis LeVert, who's been so up and down uh, to begin the year. But he's a guy that would probably be their main playmaker. And then you most likely would get a guy like Shetty Osman probably starting too, or just playing a lot more. He's been really bad of late, uh, but he would find his way into more minutes. So that would be pretty big, uh, you know, as far as, you know, Garland and Mitchell, if they're both out. If one of them's out, like if Mitchell's out and Garland plays, obviously Garland looks great. If Garland's out and Mitchell plays, obviously Mitchell looks good. So, yeah, a little bit tough to say right now with both those guys questionable. But, again, if they're both out, Levert would probably uh, be the main playmaker there. And then you just might see a few more minutes for everyone else. Like maybe Kevin Love, they, they just run a little bit of a bigger lineup and he plays a bit more if both Garland and Mitchell are out. So, definitely someone to keep an eye on there for Cleveland. On the Detroit side, not a ton here I'm interested in. Kate Cunningham, 7-7, fine contrarian option. Cleveland been solid defensively. This group of Bodanovich, Ivy, Stewart, Bay, there's nothing that stands out there. Jalen Duren also most likely back. Killen Hayes, as we talked about, is the worst NBA player in the league. New York and Philadelphia, there's not a ton that stands out to me either on the New York side. Randall Brunson, Barrett, you know, that's where the offense is coming from, but it's a tough matchup against Philadelphia, so there's no standout plays there. Robinson and Hartenstein are splitting the center minutes. Both are, you know, decent point per minute and both have a ceiling. Um, so if you want to take a shot in one of those centers, you definitely can. Embiid most likely back those. So there's definitely going to be some foul issues for Robinson um, and Hardenstein. Both guys are prone to foul trouble. Manuel quickly is 4.4. I mean, his minutes have been ticking up, right? He played 29 minutes last game. He's he's someone I do kind of like for GPPs, right? If he's if he has the you know the ceiling to play close to 30 minutes, then 
Um, yeah, he's, he's always someone I do like in tournaments. On the Philadelphia side, so big news, no James Harden and Joel Embiid questionable. I will say, though, I think he plays. He worked out on Thursday, and it's just an illness, so like, I think that's leaning towards him playing. And if that is the case, no Harden, Joel Embiid's got to look really good. I mean, I know he's been really bad to start the year, but it's hard not to like Embiid here without James Harden, so he looks great. And then Maxi would shift to like the point guard position. His floor would go way up. Uh, he's still going to do some scoring, but he would do more of the ball handling. And then De'Anthony Melton, I think, stands out as one of the best values on the board. Most likely would start for Harden. So a lot to like here for Philly. Embiid, if he plays. Maxi, Melton, Tobias Harris is fine at 5.8K. He's playing pretty big match. So really a lot to like. Now, if Joel Embiid is out too, then things could get really, really interesting. Then they might start a guy like Montrez Harrell at the five, who could be a potential value. But again, right now, I do think Embiid does play. Chicago, Boston. Honestly, there's nothing here on the Chicago side that I like. Tougher matchup. Everyone seems priced about right. If you want to take a shot on those big three in GPPs, you can. I'm not going to 5-3 IO. Um, Drogic has been solid off the bench. I guess if you need a complete punt play, you can go to him, who has gone for, I believe, 20-plus fancy points now in the last two games. Uh, yeah, but only 19 and 15 minutes. Not great. On the Boston side, so, again, nothing that stands out either. Tatum and Brown are both solid options. Last game went to overtime, so obviously their minutes look a little bit better, but uh, both Tatum and Brown obviously do have a ceiling, and they're, they're definitely in play in a 12-game slate, but no standouts there. Smart, Horford, Brogdon, White, Grant Williams, again, all kind of secondary options. So if you land in any of these Boston guys, that's fine. But there's definitely no priorities. Charlotte and Memphis. So this gets interesting here for Charlotte. No LaMelo Ball, no Hayward. Rozier and Cody Martin not expected to play. So now, you know, there's a this increases the chance of a blowout, but we got to think, all right, what's the starting lineup going to be? Most likely, you should see McDaniels in the starting lineup. So I would guess it's Dennis Smith Jr., Oubre, McDaniels, Washington, and Pumley. And without now Gordon Hayward in the lineup, too, I mean, the, the offense probably runs through Dennis Smith Jr., Oubre, and McDaniels. Um, DSJ and Oubre both over 6K, but, I mean, both guys are firmly, firmly in play here. And then McDaniels probably the guy I like the best. He played 36 minutes last game. Um, he most likely gets inserted in the starting lineup. I think he looks like a really solid value you want to go to PJ or the centers, that's totally fine, too. We've seen a couple of big games in PJ last few games. Again, Plumley and Richards are currently splitting the center minutes, so they're both playable. A couple of big games in a row there for Plumley. Um, off the bench, if you think the game turns into a massive blowout, which it could, you can take a shot in like a guy like Boknight or Maladon, um, because if this game does blow out, those guys would get extended. So in a large-field tournament, if you wanted to take that risk, you could. I would probably lean Boknight, just because his minutes have been a little bit higher than Maladon of late. On the Memphis side, so there's nothing here that stands out. I do like the matchup, but the issue here is like John Morant and the minutes right now. It's not like he's playing bad. They're just capping him at like 31, 32 minutes a game. It's like play him more. It's not like why are you not playing John Morant 36, 38 minutes a game? They're playing him like 31 minutes a game. Exactly what I said about Sengun. And then look what happened when the Rockets finally played Sengun more minutes last slate. Massive double-double and like a 50 bomb. So... Um, yeah, I don't really know why, but that's, again, just puts him as a GPP-only play. Bane, fine for tournaments. Steven Adams had a really good game last game, but his minutes have been a little bit up and down. There's nothing that, that really stands out for me on the Memphis side. Moving on to the Clippers and the Spurs. No Kawhi, no Robert Covington. Paul George thinks is a solid tournament play. He's been up, he's been down. Again, 21, 23, then 75, then 41. So he's been all over the place. Solid tournament play. I do kind of like Zubac as a bounce back. I took his over on prize picks and was so incredibly tilted about the random foul trouble last game. But um, he should play like 30-plus minutes if this game says competitive. So I do kind of like Zubac there as a bounce back. 
Marcus Morris, I'm not tilted at all. I played him here, 37 minutes, 21 fantasy points the next day, 43 fantasy points. So happy for him. He's fine. Reggie and Wall splitting the point guard duties. Powell's minutes have been down. Luke Kennard has been starting the last couple games. He's an okay value play, but I just don't know if I want to mess with the Clipper value on this large slate. On the Spurs side, there's nothing uh, that I love either. Keldon, Pirtle, Vassell, all back. So you basically have like a fully healthy team. If you wanted to take a shot on one of the top end guys, you can, but like they all seem priced about right with, with Johnson, with Vassell, with Trey Jones, with Jakob Pirtle. I'm not going to be messing with the value here with the, the main guys back. So the Spurs, in my opinion, nothing that I love. Rhino and Dallas, big news, obviously, once again, is Van Fleet. He's currently questionable. If he misses, we kind of know what to do here, right? Siakam is going to get a usage bump. Uh, he would look a little bit better. Scotty Barnes would shift to the point guard position. He would look solid at 7-1. Uh, Anubi doesn't really get a boost, but he's been averaging like 22 steals and blocks a game. We can't expect that to continue. Gary Trent Jr. probably gets a couple more shots up. And the guy that I probably would like the most would be Chris Boucher, who's a good point-per-minute guy and has played 20-plus minutes now the last three games. So... He's definitely someone I do like for value if Van Fleet is out. If Van Fleet is in, I still think you can consider a guy like Boucher. Um, and if Van Fleet's in, then, then the rest of like the main guys are all secondary options. On the Dallas side, it's a tougher matchup here. I think Lucas is a fine contrarian spend-up, but definitely not a priority play for me. I mean, Lucas has been playing out of his mind. He really has. He's playing like close to 40 minutes a game. Hard not to like him, even in a tough spot, but I'm definitely not a priority. Christian Wood, 6-8. It's an okay GBP play. The minutes are not great on him, but he's being super productive. The rest of the team, eh, I mean, if you want to take a shot in Dinwiddie, if you want to take a shot in a 4.2K Hardaway, you can. DFS, Bullock, Kleba. I just don't think it's necessary to go there on this slate. Golden State and New Orleans. So back-to-back here for Golden State. Maybe you get one of the veterans resting like a Clay Thompson. Um, it's possible, so we'll see. If he does rest, then we can look to a guy like Jordan Poole. But either way, Steph Curry's always someone I like for GPPs. Um, I mean, he's not going to be a cash game play, but... The ceiling's been there for him. This group of like Wiggins, Poole, Draymond, Clay Thompson are all fine. Looney had a massive game last game. That was a bit of an outlier, but still 4.2K. I think he's a relatively safe value. On the Pelicans side, so Brandon Ingram expected back, which makes it really hard to prioritize anyone here on the Pelican side. Herbert Jones is probable as well. So now we're getting a fully healthy team. A lot of these guys are priced up from when you know the team was shorthanded. So to be honest, I'm probably just going to be completely avoiding the Pelicans. Milwaukee and Minnesota, Giannis ended to come list is probable. I think he looks like a good spend-up. Um, I mean, in a competitive game, he's going to play like 35 or so minutes. So no issue if you want to spend up for Giannis. Drew Holiday's fine. He should play big minutes as well. He's been playing really well of late. And then I do like the two bigs in Portis and Lopez. Both guys, like, Portis should play, you know, 25-ish minutes. Brooke Lopez has been playing over 30 minutes in competitive games. I think they both look a little bit too cheap. I don't think I'm going to be messing with the likes like Grayson Allen or Javon Carter or, like, Matthews. It's mainly just, you know, the top guys and then the two bigs and Lopez and uh, and Bobby Portis. On the Minnesota side, we also could have interesting here with uh, interesting situation here with Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert both questionable. Now, if they're both out... Offense is going to run through D'Lo and Cat. Now, D'Lo's been really, really bad of late, but I think he would be a nice bounce-back candidate. And then Carl Anthony Towns would be way too cheap if both those guys are out. So, would be a good amount to like here for Minnesota. And then, as far as the other starters go, if both Gobert and Edwards are out, like, you could get a guy like Nas Reed starting. He's a great point-per-minute guy. Would like him a lot if he does start. Uh, maybe, you know, a guy like Slow-Mo, Kyle Anderson could enter the starting lineup. Um, they could start Torian Prince. I mean, we know Cat, D'Lo, and McDaniels will start, but 
As far as the other two starters, if Ant and Gobert out, I'm not sure. They could maybe start Noel, you know, Noel D'Lo backcourt. So a lot of different directions they could go, but definitely some intriguing value if Gobert and Edwards are both out. Now, if they're both in, then it's kind of the same situation that we've seen from Minnesota this year of all four, like the main guys are fine tournament plays, but there'd be no standouts. All right, Portland and Phoenix. So another uh, spot where Portland could be very shorthanded. No Peyton, no Watford. Lillard's still out, and Anthony Simons now questionable. So if Anthony Simons is out, I actually don't know what Portland's going to do. Probably Keon Johnson would end in their starting lineup, and they would start Shaden Sharp, Keon Johnson, Hart, Grant, and Nurkic. And you probably would get a decent amount of point guard Josh Hart. Um, so, yeah, if Simons is out, I mean, this obviously increases the chance of a blowout, but, like, my boy, Yusuf Nurkic, has been phenomenal over the last couple games, and it's the minutes, right? It's really the minutes, because early in the year, they kind of capped his minutes. He's playing, like, not closing, but... Um, if you're going to get 35 minutes of Yusuf Nurkic without Lillard and Simons, sign me up for that. Like Josh Hart's been kind of quiet of late, but if Simons is out, he's he could be like their main ball handler. Shaden Sharp at four or five would probably play big minutes. Again, Keon Johnson could start. I'm not sure Little will probably play a lot more. So this team would be really shorthanded if Simons is out too. You also would probably get more minutes for a guy like Justice Winslow, who can do some ball handling, seven, four assists last couple games. So. There would really be a lot to like here for Portland if Simons is out. Even if Simons is in, I still like this team. Like Anthony Simons himself, I think is a really good play if he plays. 38, 40 minutes. He's their clear go-to guy. He's their point guard. I think he's still underpriced here. Um, still would like Nurkic if Simon plays. Um, and the rest, like guys like Hart, Grant, Sharp, Winslow, Keon Johnson, wouldn't look as good if uh, Simons ends up playing. On the Phoenix side, so it looks like DeAndre Ayton is back. As far as the big three goes, Booker, Paul, Ayton, they all look Decent. There's no priorities. Uh, Booker, the guy at the highest ceiling, he's been a little bit quiet last couple games. We know he can go for 50-plus any game. Chris Paul had a really solid game last game. Um, and then DeAndre Ayton has missed the last few games. Assuming no limitations, he does feel a little bit underpriced there at 6-7. If you want to go to either the wings, that's fine. And Bridges and Cam Johnson. Cam Johnson had like eight three-pointers last game, so you can't expect that again. But don't really think I want to be messing with any of the bench value for Phoenix. And finally, Utah Jazz and the Lakers. For the Jazz, Markkanen's fine for GPPs. Um, he's been like their best player so far, but he's been a little bit up and down. 32, 45, 60, and 21 fans points. We know the ceiling is there. Clarkson's minutes have been ticking up a little bit. Uh, 33 minutes now the last three games. He's a guy that, you know, can do the ball handling and also get a lot of shots up. 17, 14, and 20 shot attempts. So I do kind of like Clarkson. I prefer him to Conley, who the ceiling's kind of capped on right now. I'd rather take the shot in Clarkson. Vanderbilt and Olenek are both good point per minute guys, but they're always in foul trouble. Like, if I play one of these guys, they're just going to be in massive foul trouble. If I fade, they'll break the slate. So, uh, they've been tilting me this year for sure. And then another thing I want to mention here is Colin Sexton played 31 minutes off the bench last game. So, they're playing a lot more small ball. And if they do that again, then I like Sexton at 4-4. Now, there's no guarantee, but, like, it's at least good that he he can play, you know, 30-plus minutes off the bench at that price point. Also, Malik Bees is a guy that could find his way into more minutes. I'm okay with him. Walker Kessler has been basically out of the rotation. Again, they've been running more small ball as in, in the backup unit. So, and then Rudy Gay saw a little bit of run last game, but I don't think it's necessary to play him. And finally, the Lakers. So, LeBron, AD, I expect both to play unless we hear otherwise. Again, Anthony Davis has been in the, in the injury report every, every game so far. And LeBron, again, he's expected to play. So, 
Um, both LeBron and AD are fine. I think I slightly give the edge to AD over LeBron James, but I've gotten these guys basically wrong every single time. If I play one, it's always the other one that goes off. Westbrook did only play 25 minutes on the bench last game, but he's been pretty solid in that bench unit, so I think he's fine at that price point. I do want to mention the minutes for Lonnie Walker. He played 40 minutes, again, 35 in regulation. He's playing a lot right now. Um, I think he's definitely playable in the mid-range. I don't know if I want to be messing with anyone else, like Pat Bev. I mean, Troy Brown did have a decent game, but... Feels like a chase, to be honest. Reeves is getting decent minutes off the bench as well. He played 34 last game. He's okay, but um, yeah, that's going to do it for the Lakers, guys. And that'll wrap it up the video as well. So again, if you have been enjoying the content, make sure to like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and appreciate it. I will see you guys in the next video.